0: Well, welcome to Set Phaser's A Highly Illogical Star Trek Podcast. I am Stevie Manns, and you are...
1: Watching me. No, I am. And I am Aki Burmese.
0: And we're going to run down Star Trek Strange New World Season 3, Episode 3. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. and tomorrow,
1: and tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry, that's how I say it every time.
0: Tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace creeps from day to day.
1: Petty pace from day to day. Yeah, I
0: remember the first time I heard that monologue. Do you remember Oliver and Company <laughs> the Disney?
1: Yes, I have a vague memory of <laughs> Oliver and Company, yes. <laughs> like, I truly do.
0: For some reason, that's on TV and I think the thespian dog or cat Uh, or whomever is watching it i think it's a bulldog i seem to remember it being a bulldog and he's doing his own version of this monologue
1: i have a very vivid but completely disjointed memory of that yes that Mm -hmm. makes sense we all get to shakespeare our own way indeed
0: but anyway that's not what we're here to dissect today we are here to dissect the episode so shall we start the show
1: let's start the show already day 423702.1 <laughs> and we are discussing <laughs> Strange New World Season 2 Episode 3 tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Now, did that double negation go on too long? Probably. Is it confusing? Sure it is. But we better run it down because things are about to get timey-wimey here.
0: Oh, I love a bit of timey-wimey. Don't we all? <laughs> let's run it down.
1: It's time to run it down. <laughs> Can you run well, I'd love to come to the shop, but I've got a bit of timey-wimey, don't I? got to come down with a bit of the timey-wimey.
0: A bit of the timey-wimey, James I've come Mason. down, oh,
1: it's the timey-wimey. I don't know if I shall survive the night. Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> this is a on episode, hell yeah. And basically starts with a rundown of her life as being security chief, which is, she says, quote, it is a well-known fact that people love it when you bring the bad news, because essentially she is breaking fights and she has to address a noise complaint with Spock. And she's dealing with the new in- chief engineer, Pelia, whose uh, quote unquote antiques seem to have been stolen from various eras of earth. And she has this whole thing about Pelia stole things from the archaeology department, whatever that means. And Pelia says she used to work there and she still maintains a bunker in Vermont in case modern, no money utopia falls apart. Then we see Lon. So that's frustrating. She goes, she's sparring with Mbanga and she seems to be angry about something. And Dr. Mbanga noticed that she wasn't at the party for Una in Pike's beautiful open floor plan captain's quarters and La'Anne is not interested in talking. The doc can't get her to open up but he says she's going through something she seems to be carrying alone and she doesn't want to talk about it. As she's walking down the deck sometime later a strange man in a gray suit stumbles out of a two doors and he's been injured indeed he's been shot with a gun and he tells Laan as she rushes over that there's been an attack in the past that she must prevent and he tells her to get to the bridge. Also gives her a weird device, like a like a Roku remote, and then a wave of energy causes him to disappear, and a red alert sounds, and La'an, dutiful Starfleet officer that she is, goes to the bridge to discover that it's not her Enterprise, she's on the captain. The person sitting in the captain's chair is none other than James T. Tiberius, to be discussed later, Kirk, and he doesn't know who the hell she is. So I broke things up, because things are about to get weird, so now... Laan is in a different timeline, but is she in the past? I don't know. I think she might be in the same a different timeline, same time, because the time assassin's effect worked, and then the time agent fell through to find her to help send her back. This thing about time wars are yeah. so stupid. You just keep fighting them. The think about all wars. Hello. <laughs> <So> <laughs> she, corner.
0: she goes, am I getting the story? Right? So I think she flips. Universe, not I guess you could call it universe time, slash timeline. T- sure, Why not? Yeah, okay, so she flips yeah. timeline. You're right to the same time,
1: and that's when she runs into Kirk. So same, yes.
0: But it's curious that they don't worry about her running into herself in the alternate timeline.
1: Yeah, but, but who, isn't where would on she that. be? Maybe I don't know.
0: Actually, no, she wouldn't be there because if they had killed Khan Noonien Singh. Yes. she would not be alive in that timeline, which is why right. she can jump there and not have to worry about her double. Right. Ha Ha-ha. ha.
1: And ha ha ha, well said. And I was going to say, yes, that there, and also, even if she had survived somehow, Una saved her from the Gorn, and it all the her whole sort of survival story depends on Starfleet existing. So, many. Re- oh, and also she had that device which helps her preserve herself despite the timeline, so she could be in, in that timeline without... Having existed in the timeline. Okay, great. Everyone confused? Wonderful. I've named the segments of this episode to help keep things in check. This is called "Ready Room." Basically, Laan goes in. She talks to Kirk privately. They we find out that he is not in Starfleet. He's in something called the UEF, the United Earth Force. Laan tries to explain that she was sent there she thinks by the guy in the gray suit who gave her the device and told her to get to the bridge and to help her find help and Kirk is that could be true I'm not great with temporal stuff but you could also be crazy and he's let's take a look at that weird device I don't know what it does he tries to grab it they fight over it they hit the button and they are both transported away to second section 21st century Toronto so they arrive in Toronto having been fighting without any kind of preparation they have no phaser no tricorder no nothing this was foolish this Kirk has never been to Earth in his timeline universe. Let's call it a timeline universe, because that Earth is like a bespoiled, mostly poisonous planet. It's cold. They realize where they are. They don't know what they're supposed to do. La'an has some knowledge of where they are. They go to a department store. They steal some clothes from said department store. They still have no money. Kirk sees some people playing chess in the street, and he hustles strangers for chess for money. Where did he get the seed money? I don't know, but he's able to get tons of money, and then he buys some hot dogs. Laan is impressed because she, like many of us, thinks Kirk is just a big, dumb idiot, but it turns out he's not as dumb as he seems he is purported to be. As Sam is. I don't know. I don't know how best to say it. He's surprisingly intelligent. Even That's sort of why Spock sort of liked him. It was like, gosh, you you seem like a big, dumb animal, but you got a brain in there. Anyway, they spend the night at a hotel. Say what? There's a little, I would call it tension sexual. <laughs> All right.
0: Really? That's what you're going to call
1: that? That's what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call tension it. Tension
0: sexual. sexual.
1: And I also have to wave my head like this when I say it. <laughs> Yes, Kirk is sleeping on the couch. I guess they didn't make enough money to get a suite with two beds. (laughs) So Kirk's sleeping on the couch. Laan is in the bed. She toss, turned, tossing and turning. Thank you. Yeah, turn. Yes, exactly. Tension, (laughs) sexual. And then Laahn gets up with the look in her eyes as if she means to be about some business. And she comes. She stands in the threshold, and Kirk wakes up feeling that someone's eyes are on him and she looks at him but then she decides not to do anything she goes away and kirk looks up and she's gone the light goes out and nothing happens but something could have happened as part three the bridge La'an and Kirk wake up the next day and they're having breakfast and La'an has been trying to assemble all the details she knows about her timeline and wants him to do the same about his so they can figure out where the things are divergent so they can find out what they're supposed to do and this is when she has to convince Kirk to come over to her side of things because he's like, well, what about my timeline and all my friends and people that I like to hang out with and yeah, I can't go back to that if we fix things so they don't go bad and she's like, oh, anyway, she mentioned Sam and he goes, oh, Sam's alive and you realize that Sam is dead in his timeline and also there are no, uh, you can't go to Earth and see Sun Sets in his timeline. So he's like, you know what? This is the garbage timeline. And honestly, if somebody came to me and we went back into the past to whenever, I'd be like, you know what? If they were like, oh, this... I'd be easily convinced. I'd be a pushover. Me, Aki, would be a pushover to for someone to be like, this is the dark timeline and you need to fix it. Where was I? Oh, yeah. The bridge blows up. There's a bridge over, I believe, Lake Ontario. It blows up, which did happen in both timelines. And that's when Laan realizes that the gray-suited man who died on the floor in the the Enterprise meant for her to get to that bridge, the literal bridge. Why why are time agents talking in weird metaphors and clues and hits and riddles? Just be like, hey, get to the bridge in Montreal in 2056. There's somebody there who's trying to kill so-and-so. Whatever. He's like, I believe you can do it. I guess he can't destroy the timeline. Who cares? They get there. They see that there's some explosions and stuff. There's like some wreckage being loaded into a truck. They borrow a nearby onlooker's camera in order to get a closer look at said debris. See how I said it, debris. And they find, yeah, debris. Right? Isn't that how? How do you say debris? Who says debris? I don't know. I thought it was Brits who say debris.
0: No, we say debris.
1: So do we? <laughs> who says debris?
0: <laughs> I do so It feels know. fancier
1: to say debris. Gosh.
0: God, this yeah, is... it's
1: debris. I've made a fool of myself. This is in keeping with recently having rewatched our... Strawberries. Strawberries episode. <laughs> yeah, Strawberries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> debris. Anyway, they find they look, take a closer look through this onlooker's camera and see that the debris is has evidence of having been a photonic explosion, not something that humans of that era would have had their hands on. And they see the wreckage load into this truck, and they have to follow that truck. So Kirk goes and Vulcan pinches some guy and steals a fancy red car. I don't know from cars. I did look it up, but I've already forgotten what it was. It's called like a riot or a banshee.
0: Look, Quick Google. It was a Dodge Challenger.
1: Challenger. Yeah. yeah. A Dodge Challenger in the mid 21st century. So whoever they, I should have taken a closer look at the person they uh, neck pinched because that person has preserved a beautiful hundred year old car or so <laughs> in order to drive it around Toronto. just parked it on the street.
0: Wait, what time? God, what time are we in?
1: Mid, Oh, mid-21st century. So mid-21st mid, century.
0: That's not now.
1: That's like a couple years from now. Okay. Mid-2040, 50, 60.
0: Okay, but the car isn't that uh, old.
1: The Challenger, that Dodge is from like the 80s or something, right? It had huh? like an 80s look. I don't know. Again, I don't near know. Near I don't know why is. I'm
0: surmising on cars. The point is, I have a
1: 1998 (laughs) Toyota Camry and I have to do everything I can in my power to keep that thing running. I don't know how somebody can have a Dodge Challenger, bright red, beautiful, run perfectly on the streets of Toronto in 2055, let's say.
0: Well, I I just figured that the Sprinter van that they had looked like all of the cars and there was some Mercedes that looked, they all look like now cars. That was my impression.
1: Yeah, that was the Lays. Yes. Okay, I guess you're saying it could be in 2023. But that's not mid. That's early.
0: I don't know what you want from me. I'm just going from what I saw. I didn't think there was anything I, there that was particularly futuristic.
1: I want consistency. It's timey-wimey episode. Everything must be consistent. Thought out. Get there, get out the red yarn and the corkboard. These things have to be figured out. How does red charger how? Why? Because the person is collecting a collector. The point is, they got a cool car. And they drove around and it was fun. And Kirk had trouble starting it and then getting it to go forward. But then drove it just like Kirk would drive anything, including a starship. They chase. the Yes, the other car pulls away. They try to take the scenic route to follow said car. And they are stopped by the police, pulled over, about to get a ticket. And Kirk is saying that he's got his license in his other pants and there's a whole thing. And then they are saved by the onlooker from before whose name it turns out is sarah who pretends to be filming the police discriminating against kirk as an american driving a fancy muscle car around the place and and then the police get called away because they have bigger things to deal with because remember a bridge has been blown up so i don't know why they even pulled over this red car part four sarah they befriend this sarah she is a conspiracy theorist But she seems harmless. She believes there's an international cabal trying to steal alien tech from aliens so that they can keep the human race from advancing too quickly and keep the tech for themselves so that human advancement is slow, but they have power or whatever. She believes there's a cold fusion reactor hidden in the city somewhere. They stop at a restaurant for poutine because they're in Canada. Sarah shows up and shows them some footage from a hookah place across the street from the bridge. that shows a man waiting out bef- at the bridge before it blew up. And so they're like, oh, maybe this is the guy we're looking for. She also shows some shows. She also shows some. Sarah also shows some other pictures. Sarah also shows some other pictures in her collection in her search for the truth. And one such photo jumps out of Kirk, but he doesn't say anything at the time. They part ways. La'an is like, she's not mentally well. And Kirk's Lee least she has a goal. And then he reveals, hey, that one photo, that was a Romulan bird of prey. And in his timeline, it is true that the Romulans stri- did a first strike on Earth in a few days from when they are. And they had to stop it. So they got to find this cold fusion bomb that the Romulans are going to blow what they need an engineer. Part five, the archaeology department. Lons, ooh, I have an idea of someone we can find. Someone who's maybe an engineer. They do some searching. They find Pelia's shop. It was a shop all the all along. Called the Archaeology Department, they manage to get their way across the border. They go to Vermont. They talk their way in because Laan knows Pelia's name and that she's a Lanthanite. But this Pelia, two hundred years prior to when she would become chief engineer of the Enterprise, doesn't know dang thing about technology or inter- or engineering. She just collects things. She literally cannot help them, but. They realize. Listen, they don't need to know how to build a cold fusion reactor. They just need to know how to find it, which means finding its byproducts, of which one is tr- tr- tritium, which Pelia knows. Pelia, helpful even though she's not an engineer, was used in diving watches in the '80s, and. Pelly brings out such a watch, Laan and Kirk realize that, hey, if you break the glass on this, the watches are coated in the substance that would react to tritium in the atmosphere and glow so it becomes a detector. So they just need to take that back to Toronto, which, by the way, I've been pronouncing like an American this whole time. Apparently, you're supposed to call it Toronto. I know that, and I'm sorry that I am mispronouncing the city name.
0: But I'm British. What do you call it? Toronto. Toronto, Toronto, Toronto.
1: Let's go. Oh, let's go to Toronto. Go to Toronto. Let's go to Toronto. Go to Toronto. You two, take two trains to Toronto today. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a vocal <laughs> war? <work? laughs> That's <laughs> very stupid. <laughs> uh, okay, part six: detection. They are, they're back with the watch, and they're walking the streets, and they're looking at the watch, and nothing is happening. And La'an opens up to Kirk about, hey, you don't know anything about me being a Union Singh and the legacy thereof, so it's, it's I have trouble with people, but it's easy to talk to you, and you seem to have a particular thing, and they seem to have a thing going on, and remember that night in the hotel when something could have happened but didn't happen, and then there's a little bit of flirting, and then
0: <gasps>
1: they kiss, kissy, kiss, kissy, kissy, kissy kiss, kiss. Uh, Thank you, yes, that's the sound I heard in my head, and then Kirk's- Oh, but look, the hands are glowing, and they're like, oh, we'll get back to this later in the future. Timeline, whatever. They are outside of a particular building. They enter said building, and they see a man enter a private area in this large industrial sort of brutal brutalism-esque building. He uses his hand on a bioscan and enters a room, and Kirk makes a plan. So we wait here for the next person to come, and then when they try to use the bioscan, we knock them out, and then we use their hand to get access into that room. But that's when Laan realizes where they are. The Nunyan Singh Institute for Cultural Advancement. What? So she's like, we may not need to hijack somebody because we could just go use my hand. She scans her head and the door does indeed unlock. The light goes green and they have access. But just at that moment, a gun is cocked behind them. Part seven. K Sarah. I was very happy. I was very proud of that one. It was Sarah all along. A Romulan in disguise. She wants to enact her plan, which is to blow the thing up. The thing what Kirk was talking about. And Kirk says, if you fire that gun at us, the alarms will go off. And she thinks he's lying. And he says she can call his bluff. And he says, go ahead. And then she shoots him. And the alarms go off. But then he dies. And Lon is pretty jacked up by that. But then Sarah overwhelms her. Because Sarah's a Romulan. And she pushes Lon through the doors. And instead of going for the reactor, she goes for what she calls plan B, since the reactor will be heavily guarded because of the alarms. I.e. Sarah wants to kill a young Khan, Nuan Singh, who is living in uh, locked quarters in this Nuan Singh Institute. They get to the door. Sarah, uh, uh, Sarah wants Laan to open it. They fight. She manages to get the hand on. They open the door, but as she opens the door, she loses the gun. Laan is able to shoot Sarah dead. And Sarah, who's living out of her timeline, disappears. And that's when Laan walks into the room and meets her ancestor, Khan. Khan. And she has a tender moment with this future, I don't know, warlord? Dictocrat? Dictocrat? Is that a word? I don't know. She wipes green Romulan blood from his face and promises that she won't kill him and that he's right where he's supposed to be. Part 8. Final. No place like home. La'an gets back, finds things are back to normal on the bridge. Only she looks out of place in her cool mid 21st century duds. She returns to her room and is then confronted by Agent Imelay of the Department of Temporal Investigations, who summarily thanks Laan for her assistance, tells her give back the tech and to keep quiet and don't tell anyone, even her captain about this. Laan's like, what? Come on, I did all that work and then you can't see me. She's like, hey, that's the job, baby. And then she takes the device, checks the timeline and bounces. This all reminds me chat about that. La'an alone calls over to this timeline's Kirk on the USS Farragut with a bogus question about her brother. Kirk says he has some real deal, a real dirt on Sam if she buys him a drink on leave sometime. La'an's like, cool maybe. They sign off and La'an weeps vociferously. Here endeth the rundown of episode 3 of season 2 of Star Trek's Racial Worlds. Let's chat about that. I say, darling, Let's do a quick chat about that. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 let's do Oh,
0: well, What a fun timey-wimey episode we had.
1: So, yes, timey and wimey, it was. And some deep character development for La'an. I really loved it, because I do feel like they basically touched on the Nguyen Singh stuff, but this was mm. a nice time to explore and see a young Khan. That's a complicated, oof, it's a complicated mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah,
0: the chance to erase Khan but also yourself.
1: She would have been protected by the her TiVo remote, but I that's suppose. What that is, at least that's what the agent told her.
0: Well, she couldn't have gone back to her own timeline, I guess.
1: Exactly. They were like, hey, you wouldn't have to be a Khan, but there'd be no Federation. Yeah. Because Khan helped. Khan's evil helped the Federation form, So sorta. she could continue
0: to exist in whatever timeline, but as herself without her friends or her past or anything. Yeah, quite, quite a conundrum.
1: Yeah, also, not really a conundrum. You're kind of like, hey, listen, I change the past and I bring some people back to life. It kills the people who've lived on in the future. Like, on balance, mm. I'm here to preserve the timeline. Baby, what are you here to do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Totes.
0: <laughs> I'm just hearing I'm Back to the Future in my mind. I'm like hearing okay.
1: Huey Lewis. Yeah. The power is the Yeah. <clears throat> Why do
0: I we- weep? Make another man <laughs> sing. <laughs> anyway. Um,
1: yeah, we'll do karaoke some other time. I don't uh, know if I can do karaoke. I get very weirded up by karaoke. Okay. It feels so strange. I, I love to go with support, but I can't get up there. And- Why not? That is like, so funny. Purple, rain, purple. It feels so weird. It feels like you're doing stand up comedy, but also music. <laughs> There's like um, no band you, there. There's no instruments.
0: Yeah. But because, is it because you're a singer?
1: Probably. You don't like it. I don't know. Because you can I'm sing.
0: Not, it's not like you can't sing. You can sing.
1: I Yeah. But, okay. But lots of singers go to do karaoke. They have a great time. I just don't have the. I need like a show. I can't just get up there and do a song. And the backing thing makes me feel weird and I can't do it. Okay. Good yeah. to know. Great. Let's not do it. Where were we? Chatting. Uh, I yeah, so Nunian saying, "Ooh, the Kirklan romance." Hello.
0: Mm. I really enjoyed oh, that. I kind of wa- I, I want to ship them in the current prime timeline.
1: I was surprised that I was okay with it because pretty much every show I watch whenever people start to get together I'm like, "Ugh, gross." <laughs> this uh, and that might be a me thing, but this I really liked. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I guess I don't believe most actors when they're like, oh, I'm turned on by you. Oh, I'm turned on by you. I'm like, you're neither of you are. You're both weird, turned on by yourselves.
0: So, I mean, yes, we got some character development with Laan, but how does it play into the wider story arc or does it?
1: I mean, she the fact that she has something she now cannot tell her captain about said she has something she has to tell her captain about. That's like it's like dramaturgy 101 now she has a secret she must keep which means the truth must come out in order for the drama to move forward we also know Kirk's got some timey wimey issues he's got to deal with the last season finale of the first season was timey wimey and he's worried about that in 10 years he's gonna blow up and turn into play-doh
0: true but the nature of strange new world is actually much more episodic than serial and I think we have a lot of episodes that tend to be much more contained so I'm wondering if it is if it does just become contained or if there can be a callback to something that she can't tell anyone about. I don't
1: know. Yes. I don't think the next episode, she's going to, they're going to do the discovery thing where she's like, I've still got this secret. Khan is it? I brought him back secretly to keep him You know, like that's what discovery would do. This mm-hmm. is going to be like, next episode is going to be like, fun romp.
0: Actually, yes. this was a pretty fun romp.
1: That's all kind of told. a Fun romp. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Kirk and Lon running through Toronto, eating hot dogs, buying clothes, trying things on, making out going to see Pelia in Vermont. Pelia who knows nothing about engineering. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is very good. But I do feel like this might come back up. Obviously, she's... Because she's been worried about her heritage now for a little bit. For this season, she's been thinking about it a lot. And remember the speech that the lawyer gave her in in episode two, which should have alleviated things, but maybe is still on her mind. Oh, by the way, all the trauma of her childhood... That has nothing to do with being a Nunion. Saying it's coming for the Federation now, i.e. the Gorn who eat humans. So yeah, I feel like they're I feel like there's a reason we got this backstory. I don't know if it's fully connected
0: though. All right, we
1: shall see. We shall see. And that's me being very reasonable because you know, I always wanted to be Lorca. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We go now directly to the Easter Egg Desk TV. What have we got for us today?
0: Well, hi there, Rocky. I am an basket of Easter eggs for you today. Sweet. We start at the beginning of the episode. We have a Denobulan cadet arguing with Laan. Now, the Denobulans, you may remember, were made famous by Dr. Phlox in the prequel series Enterprise, and this is the first time, aha, a Denobulan has appeared in a live-action Star Trek outside of Enterprise. We have seen Denobulans, though, in Star Trek Lower Decks and Prodigy but first time with the live action. Nerdy thing timeline graphic we have the T-Cars if you notice the graphic projected by the device held by Mr. Temporal Agent yes. tracks the flow of time. It is nearly identical to a screen from Voyager an episode called Relativity in which yes. Seven of Nine was recruited by a future time-travelling version of Starfleet to stop a temporal incursion in the past and the, um, the interface Was called T-CARS, which stands for Temporal Computer Access Retrieval System. Very similar, yeah. Yeah. Very similar to the famous computer interface invented by Next Generation L-CARS Library Computer Access and Retrieval System, which is something I could never remember.
1: Yeah. Yes. L-CARS.
0: L-CARS. In this timeline, Captain Kirk was born on the USS Iowa. Yes, a little reference cute. to him being mm-hmm. born in actual Iowa ma Kirk is great at chess now this is quite fun because fans might be reminded of the episode Where No Man Has Gone Before in which Kirk beats Spock at chess in the very first scene
1: yes
0: this Kirk makes a reference to that scene, saying, I used to play all the time with my first officer until she got sick of losing. That old-fashioned two-dimension chess, it's basically idiot's chess. And we know that three-dimensional chess was such an iconic prop in the original series, and apparently in any universe, which is rather fun. Yeah. We love that. Kirk does the Vulcan nerve pinch, makes a reference to being in a Denobulan prison, rather fun. Kirk not being able to drive, very amusing. He. This is a reference to a piece of the action in which Kirk drives a 1930s car, puts it into reverse, and can't use the clutch correctly.
1: That's right.
0: It's a little, little fun Good bit there. Call.
1: I knew that there was something there. I couldn't remember what it was, but I was like, yeah, Kirk, as soon as he got in the car, it's like, he has trouble driving old cars. I seem to remember. Don't
0: yeah. Know why. This one I p- find particularly fun. Kirk's middle name. Apparently... I'm not I'm not a big TOS fan, but Kirk's middle name, Tiberius, was never actually established in the original series, but instead was first mentioned on screen in the animated series an episode called Bem, later retroactively revealed to be the first name of Kirk's grandfather, most prominently yes. in the 2009 reboot film, a fact that Kirk reiterates here. So fun, yes. lots of. Canonical stuff. Love it. Coming.
1: Built together.
0: Coming together. Now, um, I enjoyed this bit, Soong versus Sing. So, in this episode, Kirk incorrectly says Laan Noonian Soong. She corrects him saying Sing. Kirk says whatever, making it clear that Kirk hasn't heard of Khan, Noonian Sing in his timeline. But it's also an inside joke about the existence of Noonian Soong, the creator of data whose ancestors Adam Soong and Arik Soon ugh, were both geneticists involved with the augments. And in fact, presumably, Adam Soong is directly involved with whatever is going on with Khan.
1: Yes.
0: At the ending of Picard season two in the 21st century, Adam Soong has fi- had a file called Project Khan. Yes. So the, it's I think it's just the writers having a hell of a lot of fun. But it, it, I always got confused by Khan Noonien Singh and right. Noonien Soong. Okay. And I don't know um, yes. why they did that. Why the fuck would they do that?
1: I have to believe it has something to do with bigotry in the Cold War. I have no idea. I just feel like in the sixties they were probably like, what's scarier than the Red Empire and the USSR? But there's no question I constantly get Nguyen Singh and Sung confused, and probably did in the rundown in this episode. But yeah. so it goes. Yeah. Captain Spike. Haha. <laughs> hey, okay, take it easy. <laughs> okay.
0: That's all from the Easter egg desk here. It's back to you, Aki, and the studio.
1: Thank you very much, Stevie. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Let's move on immediately to quotable bubbles.
0: Quotable moments. Oh, I love some quotable moments. I had a good What's, one. I'm what sure have you got? I'm sure you got the same one.
1: Hit me. I've got a few, yeah.
0: I don't know if I can do her voice, but I'm going to try it. Once you have lived through every <laughs> natural disaster, economic calamity, and human history without becoming a pack rat, then you can judge me. I still have a bunker in Vermont where I Mm. used to live in case this whole no money socialist utopia thing turns out to be a fad
1: you're so close you keep working (laughs) on that I think you'll have it (laughs) nailed it's It's like it's going in and out yeah well sometimes it was too British but then it like totally totally nailed
0: my wife was watching it with me and she was like it sounds like she's doing Professor Trelawney but Jewish slash like there's something she's channeling Harry Potter in some way
1: Yeah, it's, listen, it's Carol Kane, who's Mm. who's just sounds like an MTA train. She's so New York, trying to do some sort of vaguely, maybe Eastern European, but educated in England accent. I can't tell what's going on. And I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's fun. It's great. It's good. Yes. I also liked, I didn't. I thought I wrote this down, but later on she says I haven't studied mathematics since. Who did she say? Archimedes? Not Archimedes. Oh, Pythagoras. She said, since Pythagoras made that crap up,
0: uh, yes. I thought
1: was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: I love how some of these more fringe characters have some of the best lines. Yes. Jet.
1: Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Jets. Uh, jabs.
0: I had to Kirk. Never seen a revolving door before. Kirk goes. I'm from space Yeah, <laughs> which I loved because it was a nod to a vintage Kirk line I'm from Iowa, I only yeah. work in space
1: that's right exactly. yeah. beautiful, that was great I loved also from that sort of sequence I am your superior officer I am ordering you to have a hot dog mm-hmm. when Lon does a hot dog oh, the very first thing Kirk says when Lon bur- bursts into the bridge he's, he spins around and says, ma'am, not to be impolite but who are you and what the hell are you doing on my ship
0: that Indeed. And apparently, and that's very much a callback to his character, where he would say, ma'am, quite a lot.
1: Yes, it was the 60s, baby. All right. And this the exchange when they're trying to figure out which timeline they want to preserve. And Kirk says, and I suppose you come from some kind of utopia. And Lon says, my Earth still has sunsets. I thought that was quite good. So
0: that's a winning line, isn't it?
1: It, You know what? Argument What one. do you got? I was going to come up with a retort, but then the bridge blew up. So let's go with your plan. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. So there's a lot of great quotes in this episode, but I think that most of them belong to Pelia. So I can't wait to get into more Pelia mm. stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. I thought it
1: was so beautiful. How they very t- they beautifully wove in the cold open into the plot of the show. It was great. That she's like, oh, all her stuff in the archaeology department. And she mentions Vermont. And then later on, that's exactly what they need. Anyway, I love a timey-wimey episode that has something like that for the character. Felt very... A little clue. A little back to the future.
0: It was Uh, 1955 and the clock, the the lightning struck the clock tower. You're like,
1: why do I care about this stuff? Because you're going to need to do it, Marty. Marty! Shall we? (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to next time because I'm clearly falling back asleep. Next time on Set Phasers. Next time on Set Phasers, we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 4, the title of which I've been t- I've been told by Google is Among the Lotus Eaters. It Sounds like creepy. A, it feels like a very uh, TOS-style title. I wonder what's going to happen.
0: TOS was very much... Who is that? Ray Bradbury. TOS uh-huh. gave me a lot of Ray Bradbury vibes. Yes,
1: that was the sci-fi vibe. Anyway, that's what we'll be talking about next week. If you enjoyed the program, hey you can listen to more set phasers if you just go to wherever you get your podcast from because we have podcasts for all the back episodes of the new era of trek we've discussed them all and we'd love for you to hear them oh and share them with your friends and also hey leave a review if you feel like
0: yes that was what i was gonna say oh sorry that's quite all right if you've enjoyed this share it with a friend if you you want to be part of our crew join us on patreon we have watch parties and all kinds of things and that's at patreon.com forward slash set phasers
1: Yes, Stevie, you must go back in time and fix a wrong. Aki stepped on your outro stuff. Go knock his coffee over before he says anything stupid.
0: <laughs> uh, yes, I will. Thank, th- th- thanks, Doc. Stevie, <laughs> Sorry. Stevie, Stevie. Um, yeah, that, thanks, Doc. This, that's really heavy. <laughs> yeah, that's great, great, Scott. Cool. God,
1: you're, no, you don't say. Great. I don't say, great
0: Scott. Scott. Oh man, this is really heavy. Thanks, Doc. Let's go. And, let's go back to 1955 oh. and get some eight, 921 kilowatts.
1: Bravo! Bravo! That wasn't,
0: wasn't great, was it?
1: Listeners, I know this is the outro, but you got to know, Stevie's not reading from like a pamphlet of Back to the Future. That was all pulled. Oh no. That was all from the aether. Yeah.
0: I'll take a tab. <laughs> oh, he sits down. And he's gonna have a tab. Cause I was like, "What the fuck is a tab?"
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, you gotta uh, order something, kid, before you can have a tab. I'll get. A, I get a coke. You, you want a what? Oh shit! I'll have a oh. coffee.
1: Why yeah. are you really? Like that?
0: Oh, I know it. Okay. Back to front, inside out. Johnny, be good. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm Stevie Manns, a Back to the Future nerd. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening.
1: I'm and I'm on a mission to protect something beautiful, the future of humanity. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer.
0: End program. <laughs>